A really warm welcome to the Clear River View podcast. My name is Andy Harmer and it's wonderful to have your company. Now, of course, the Clear River View podcast is the only podcast you need for river cruising. And as our first for 2023, we want to look ahead to what the year may bring and particularly focus on some of those exotic long haul destinations. How are they different from river cruising in Europe, for example, and where is the new capacity coming? So in this episode of our podcast, I chat to Jamie Luazu, who is the Managing Director of AMA Waterways in the UK. Jamie, thank you very much indeed for talking uh, to us today. Um, and actually, it says on my list that we're going to be talking about river cruise and the exotics. So maybe you should tell us what on earth are we talking about when we talk about the exotics? Well, I think it's a good question. And I think that River Cruise is so focused on Europe, actually, that really, and quite lazily, um, yeah. we, when we talk about exotics, we, we really talk about anything outside of, of Europe, but specifically Asia, India, Africa, and South America. I know there are some North American River Cruise, there are, you know, the Mississippi as an example, but really when we're talking about exotics, we're talking about, you know, those, uh, those more exotic destinations, not Europe. Okay, so non-Europe, got it, and non-North America. And actually, when we talk about ocean cruising, I guess, we talk about uh, sometimes cruise being off the beaten track and a bit more expedition. So is exotics generally also more aligned with something you'd see as a more adventurous and, and more expeditionary? Yeah, I, I think that there's definitely a, a kind of synergy between uh, expedition and, and exotics river cruising. I think that um, you're definitely off the beaten track. I mean, yeah. you know, as an example, if you're cruising on the Mekong, then you're you've got access to places that you know you just wouldn't access on a on a land tour, as, as an example. So, and and I think that the you know I'm a massive advocate of all types of cruise, but I think the thing that river cruise does particularly well in comparison to ocean is ocean takes you to wonderful destinations, but river cruising takes you through wonderful destinations, and and say so you you just get this access to places that you wouldn't normally be able to visit from your your floating sanctuary you know you take your beautiful hotel with you every step of the way uh yeah absolutely um and, and river cruising is one of the best ways to see some of these destinations that you've mentioned um, we, we should do a couple of i guess kind of straightforward things initially so in terms of the river product i guess we're going to always compare it to europe so is the ship product and is the onboard experience similar in the exotics as you'd find in europe there are some similarities. I think, um, you know, most brands would try and be as consistent as they can be across different products. So as an example, you know, we try and be very consistent with the quality of our European um, products, um, you know, on as an example, on the Mekong or on the Nile, um, we would have you know great quality food, great quality service. But we are always very conscious to be reflective of the destinations that we cruise through. So, you know, the food will be reflective of the of the destinations. Um, the the onboard team are from the destination as well. So when you're on the Mekong, it's uh, they're Vietnamese and Cambodian. Um, they'll be Egyptian when we're on the Nile, as an example. So um, there are certain similarities and certain differences. I think one of the main differences is that um, on the Chobe, as an example, you won't necessarily have a fixed itinerary, um, and that's because you're actually following the wildlife in, in Africa. So the Chobe is kind of um, around Namibia. Uh, Botswana and we operate the Zambezi Queen there um, so there's no fixed itinerary which is very very different to um, Europe's uh, rivers as an example um, likewise on the on the Mekong we would often more midstream and then you would take tenders to go ashore 
for. Whereas in Europe, you have the infrastructure to moor alongside the dock. You know, you put the gangplank down, you're kind of in the middle of a big town or a big city. Um, but, you know, on these more um, exotic destinations, you do visit maybe more unspoiled and more untouched areas. Okay. Um, and I guess in terms of the ship construct, so size of ship, number of beds, etc., does that vary between some of those rivers that you've already mentioned? Yeah, it, it can do. So um, as an example, you know, our Egypt product is it's 72 guests on, on the Amidalia, whereas our European ships would be an average of 150 guests. Um, but, you know, there's still consistencies that we as Amal Waterways like to have. So, you know, we still have twin balconies um, on our Mekong, uh, Mekong product uh, as well, uh, you know, it, as well as we do on our on our European product. So there are differences and similarities. Obviously, certain rivers can't accommodate larger ships. So some, some of the waterways, you know, the Rhine, the Danube in Europe, they're very, very established. But, you know, other areas, other parts of the world, they are less established. The infrastructure can't support such a large ship, which has the added benefit of being able to have a, a smaller and more intimate ship in those destinations. Um, and I know we're talking about a large area of, of the earth and that we're not talking about Europe, but is there kind of, are there seasons that match or are, are, is the Asian season, for example, different to the African season? So the seasons all vary really depending on on where they are geographically and, and what the, the best time of the year to go is. Now, no one would ever operate a river cruise at a time of year that it's not a good time to go. Yeah. But we will take breaks at certain points. So as an example, um, the, the, the May, the June, the July months um, on the Mekong, people tend not to operate that because it's the monsoon season. Um, the Chobe, as an example, it's the winter season, uh, December, January, February. Therefore, you know, you wouldn't operate that in Egypt in, in the summer months, July and August. It is very, very hot. And the British love very, very hot, but it is particularly hot. <laughs> People would take that break uh, and, and they would, op would not necessarily operate during those months. And, and generally, you know, the cruise lines will structure the itineraries and, and the departure dates around those sorts of things. And and Egypt actually being a prime example, when we do our sightseeing generally, when we're operating during the season, we do the sightseeing in the morning and in later on in the afternoon because, you know, we're very mindful of making sure that the experience is the, the best experience that we can offer our guests. So, we'll, you know, we'll keep them out of the midday sun. But, but very sensible to say that actually, if you want to know the season, then check when the river cruisers are operating because that's going to be the season. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we, sh we should talk a little bit more about some of those experiences very broadly, of course, because these are big rivers. They have multitude of experiences available, uh, again, dependent on the wildlife in some cases and, and weather and all those kinds of things. So sh but shall we start with the Mekong? Um, and I know that one of my favourite trips from the last few years was heading out to Ho Chi Minh City, for example. So I know it's an incredible part of the world, but tell us a bit more about the Mekong. So the Mekong is one of those destinations, really. It's the sights, it's the sounds, it's the smells. It's, it's a, a very experiential river. Um, you, yes, you get to see fantastic cities. So, you know, on a, on a larger land package. So the other thing about um, uh, Europe, um, exotics river cruising, I should say, is people would do the river cruise, but they would almost certainly bolt on pre and post cruise options. Right. So the, 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 the cruising on the Mekong itself is beautifully scenic. You get to see some... Um, picturesque villages, picturesque towns. 
hustle and bustle of local markets, local workshops. You do get to see Phnom Penh as a city, as an example, but also some of the other highlights that you get from cruising on the Mekong are the pre and the post cruise options. So, you know, a, a couple of nights in Ho Chi Minh City, as an example, Siem Reap, which is just astonishing. So that is the jumping off point to see um, Angkor, which has phenomenal temples. You know, it's uh, it, it is really it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And, you know, you could spend days and days and days there, but most people yeah. would, would offer a couple of nights there. And then there's adding on as well when you're talking about Vietnam and Cambodia, um, Hanoi and Halong Bay as well, cruising in Halong Bay. So there's it's really for those people that have got a spirit of adventure that want to get under the skin of a destination. And I think the great thing about river cruising is that you are really kind of completely enveloped in the country so not only is it where you visit but you know you will have the guides that travel with you while you're on board the ship so um, on our waterways when you're in vietnam the vietnamese guides that you have they travel with you throughout vietnam so not only do you get to know the places that you visit and they would do obviously the standard things that they would tell you when you're visiting a particular place but you also get to know them you get to know their family you get to know their their culture um, and 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 a little bit about the, their their own personal history, which just enriches the destination. And the other thing is that you also um, have the um, the entertainment that you would have on board, plus the food as well. Um, most cruise lines would offer local food. They would always offer the Western favourites to cater for all different palates. But you know, part of the charm, part of the amazing thing about going to somewhere like Asia is eating that delicious local food. So, you know, it really is an all-encompassing experience. Uh, it, it is an incredible, it's certainly one of my favourite places on earth in terms of the people and the food and all of those kinds of things. It is it is incredible. And, and as Amma Waterways, you have more than one ship now? I mean, do you, do you feature the, uh, the Mekong a lot? So uh, Mekong is one of our most popular destinations out of the UK. So we have the one ship there, the Amadara. Um, where we're looking to actually add more capacity for uh, the future is on the Nile. So the Nile has been phenomenal. The, the demand for the, for the Nile, um, you know, in the last couple of years, whilst people weren't travelling quite so much for obvious reasons, the Nile is one of those places. I think people were dreaming about their bucket list destinations. So the Nile has been incred incredibly popular. 2023 is very well sold. We're seeing lots of demand, which is why for 2024, we've added, a, we'll be adding a new ship, I should say, the Amalilia to join the Amadalia. So she'll be 72 guests as well, um, beautiful suites and staterooms. Um, she'll be operating on alternative days to, to the Amadalia um, uh, as well, but also operating the pre and the post cruise in Cairo with the intra air flight down to Luxor to see, you know, the amazing things that you see on the cruise itself. And the Nile is one of those rivers that most people know, and there's a lot of history, obviously, there's a lot of history and culture and stuff to do there, but it is one of those destinations that most people would want to visit at some point. So tell us a bit more about the Nile. So we, we, um, we operate a, a three night pre cruise stay in, in Cairo. So we're staying at, you know, a beautiful Four Seasons property, you know, and and then obviously in Cairo, you've got the antiquities, you've got the, 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 the museum um, in uh, the Egyptian Museum, which is the, the, the kind of world renowned um, museum in Cairo. You've also obviously got the, uh, the, the pyramids. So that is a great starting off point um, yeah. for Egypt. You're really kind of ticking those ticking those bucket list boxes. And then we, we fly down to Cairo where, where you get on the ship and you do a seven night cruise and you take in, you know, the Valley of the Kings, the Valley of the Queens. Um, 
uh, Edfu, um, Abu Simbel, um, Cruz to Aswan. So you really are seeing, you know, UNESCO World Heritage Site after UNESCO World Heritage Site, you get access to places that you wouldn't normally get access to. And it is more relaxing than doing a land program because as we know with crews generally yeah. we talk about it all the time and we shouldn't forget to talk about it but you know you only need to pack and unpack once so you not only get to see a lot in a relatively short space of time you get to do it in an incredibly relaxing way and and similarly to um, the Mekong product where we have guides who who stay with you and who are local and who understand um, the intricacies of the destination Egyptologists feature very heavily as well on a Nile cruise. So, you know, we would have Egyptologists on board. Not only would they be there to tell you all of the history, all of the things that you would expect them to tell you about, but, you know, they're there to, so you get to learn more about them and their family. And it is more of that cultural immersion. Um, and so similar to the Mekong, you would take maybe, excuse me, a five or six or seven night river cruise, but that would only be small part of a bigger trip. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we do a seven night cruise as an example, and we do three nights pre-cruise stay in Cairo and a one night post-cruise stay in Cairo. However, there's also other options that, that you know, you kind of need to consider if you're going to that part of the world. So, you know, there's an optional uh, add-on to Jordan, as an example, to see Petra, which, you know, that has been incredibly popular. The majority of people that would extend their Nile um, package program would go to Jordan. Um, there's also Israel to consider. There's also a stopover in, uh, not quite a stopover, but an option in Dubai as well. So there's lots of additional things that you can add on to if you want to make the most of your of your travel time. And what we are seeing, trends that we're seeing going forward is people are traveling for longer and they're making their travel matter more. So um, pre and post cruise opportunities across the board, doesn't matter whether it's exotics or whether it's Europe, people are opting to, to add on to their to their you know their cruise only or their package uh, their package program yeah petra is definitely on my list i have to i have to go i had a friend who went there very recently and, and raved about it but actually the thought of doing it at the end of an isle cruise is an amazing thought actually because you know seeing all of those amazing places in one holiday would be great um let, let's finish with the chobe which again you mentioned very briefly uh that great african river so tell us a bit more so it's, it's a very interesting itinerary so we we packaged the zambezi queen uh, so a four-night um product um on the on the actual river itself on the chobe river itself which is very much a, a safari cruise so there's no real fixed um there's no real fixed itinerary you you do just follow the wildlife and interestingly one of my colleagues recently went and um, he really said it is actually a really good first time safari product. You get so close to the wildlife. It is relatively unspoiled. And, you know, places like um, Kenya, like Tanzania are fantastic. But you are seeing places you have got access to places, you know, in Botswana that really are off the beaten track. And, and the wildlife there is just phenomenal. Um, and that is packaged that that four night cruise on the Zambezi Queen is packaged with time in Victoria Falls and also options for Cape Town, the Robos Rail, a further safari in Tanzania. You can even see the gorillas in Rwanda. Um, and again, that's something that's that's incredibly popular as people, I think, have kind of reassessed what's in what's important and are making making travel matter. So yeah, I mean, I've never seen the gorillas um, in the mist, um, but it's it's really really popular. But it's one of those things. There are quite limited quotas. So if it's something that you know people's guests, people's clients want to do, it's definitely something they want to look into to booking well in advance. And actually picking up on what you've said, actually about all of those rivers, that 
that booking early is almost more important than than other river cruises because there's limited availability and they are becoming bucket list places and experiences. Absolutely, I think it's um, the, the kind of the capacities that are on those rivers are are pretty limited. I think you know Vitrobia is an example. There are very few um, operators that would operate yeah. there. The Mekong, you know, there are a few more, but, you know, it's still fairly limited. It's very, very different to Europe. So if particularly if there's a time of year, you know, a particular um, date that you want to celebrate, which is very often the way with exotics people, it is a bucket list destination. People say, let's go for a big birthday. Let's go for an anniversary. You do need to book um, further in advance. Yes, there might be one or two, you know, late opportunities. But if you've got a particular date in mind, you know, you really need to be be booking well in advance and and not just six months in advance we're talking you know 12 months and more um, one, of the, one of the trends we identified actually a few years ago was the growth of the Nile but in terms of other trends for 2023 as we're looking ahead what what kind of things uh, particularly around those exotics rivers well I think people are people are opting for the pre and post cruise add-ons so as I mentioned with the Nile you know Petra has been incredibly popular. And I think maybe a few years ago, people may have just done done the cruise, but I think that they want to make uh, the most of their of their travel. And um, I think the other thing that people are, are traveling further up the ship, as it were. So it's the suites and the balcony staterooms that are proving to be increasingly popular. Um, destination knowledge is clearly really important here, but any other top tips for our travel agent partners who may be listening? I think one of those things is to suggest, always suggest River. I think people are looking to go to um, Angkor, then, you know, dovetail it with a river. There's nothing more amazing than having a a relaxing river cruise where you get to see so much and then finishing up to to see Siem Reap. Don't always think about just going to that place, combine it with, with other opportunities while potentially stopovers. You know, you could you could stop over in Bangkok if you're going over to to the Mekong as well. So see it as part of a longer uh, a longer trip. And I think the other thing is that not everyone can be a destination expert. It's you know it's it's it, we sell so many different places. So speak to speak to the cruise line, speak to the business development managers because they'd be delighted to run trainings to assist with any questions. We've all got so much by way of collateral, um, social media panels, information, not only to help you close the sale, but also entice those people in, in the first place. So, you know, reach out to your, your friendly business development manager and your friendly river cruise line. That's what I would urge our, our travel partners to do. Perfect. Listen, Jamie, that's been really interesting. Thank you very much for bringing those destinations to life. And uh, we, listen, I'm available if visits or, you know, opportunities come because they are incredible places. Thanks, Andy. It's been great to speak to you. Thank you. And that's just about all we have time for today. A big thank you to Jamie Loazu, the Managing Director of AMA Waterways, for joining me to talk all things exotic destinations. Now, you can find the whole back catalogue of podcasts and a whole bunch of resources, information and learning about River Cruise on the clear website, which is cruising.org. But for now, thanks for joining us and we'll see you again very soon.